Butler now. The Giants down to their final out. I've been listening to that clip at least 50 times this week. I want to remember my finest and most emotional memory that involves sports. If you know me, you probably think maybe that quintessential memory was when the 49ers won the Super Bowl in 1985. Also, why are you a fan of the 49ers and not the Raiders? If you know me, maybe it's when the Warriors won the NBA title in 2015. After 40 years of mediocrity and 40 years of my entire life, not being close to sniffing the championship. And in 2015, they actually did it. Maybe. But it was close. No, it was this moment right here. Let's play it again for a 51st time. A's trying to sweep. But the Giants have certainly not made life easy for them tonight. It's a ground ball to the right side. Steered by Phillips. Flips that. Yep, it still gives me chills. I know I'm pretty blessed to have my sports teams actually win. It's something some people go through their entire lives not really experiencing and want to hate to deprive people of experiencing something so magical. Baseball is something I really loved to play as a kid, even though I didn't really get to play organized baseball until I was 12 years old or so. I wasn't good, but I tried, and I still love it today. So when the news from that the Oakland A's during negotiation that was trying to finalize their new stadium, decided to take a shit in the metaphorical punch bowl and say they had purchased land in Las Vegas to eventually relocate the team, I wasn't surprised. But boy, what did I do? I did exactly what my friend Travis did when the San Diego Chargers decided one morning that they were going to be called the Los Angeles Chargers. I unfollowed them on every bit of social media I could find. Oh yeah, you bet I am no longer a fan of the Oakland A's. That's officially done. This was no team I sort of liked and followed and was occasional fan of. To be an Oakland A's fan, you had to be all in. I was done. This is a team I loved and cheered for, no matter how bad they were. And what did I keep doing? Listen to that final out of the 1989 World Series. A time when they were the best. I was 14 years old. I was about to enter a stretch of my life that was going to be unknown. But at least my baseball team was the best and allowed me to puff my chest a bit. Oakland Mayor Shang Tao said it best. At every opportunity, the A's have made increasing demands on Oakland. And at every opportunity, we have risen to the challenge and overcome the hurdles placed before us. Instead of working with us, they have announced a land deal in another city. And I want to be very clear. This announcement happened mid-negotiations, and it shows that they had no interest in reaching a deal with Oakland at all. Oakland is not interested in being used as leverage in the A's negotiations with Las Vegas. 
And it is disrespectful to our residents and our fans to string the city along this way. We will not continue discussions under these circumstances and will instead work for a development deal that actually creates opportunities for Oaklanders. From San Diego, California, this is Social Dragonfly, a podcast about an assortment of topics, but mainly about myself getting to know more about the people around me. And I'm your host, Andrew Lee. Oakland is never usually described in such a warm and favorable manner as Al Michaels just did in 1989. Um, Oakland is kind of the step-sibling to San Francisco. San Francisco, with all its beauty and pageantry and architecture and everything else, is always made Oakland feel inferior. They have the great restaurants. They have the cable car. They have the higher real estate. They have everything else that just seems to dwarf anything that Oakland can celebrate. And it's usually Oakland just gets whatever San Francisco doesn't want. Um back in the dark night (laughs) movies um you have metropolis that lived that was across the street (laughs) or across the the river to gotham that is the most that is the the best way i can put how oakland feels in terms of how it feels in san francisco and (laughs) in that batman superman movie um, I could not believe that this was very, very similar to how San Francisco and Oakland must feel. Um, but back to the main point. Oakland is never warmly described like Al Michaels did. It is 
always just Oakland, 15, 20 miles across the Bay, the beautiful Bay Bridge into Oakland. And nothing else is really essentially said about Oakland besides just being next to San Francisco. Um, since that clip, I feel like it's gotten worse. And now, because after COVID, certain cities have a tough time coming back out from the kind of the depression and the hustle bustle. San Francisco is one of those cities is that it's really having a tough time establishing that ability to have people walk on streets and have like streets open up because San Francisco is so overpriced and out of control with its inflation and how everything just costs so much in San Francisco all the workers that work in San Francisco just stopped and now they don't they have an infrastructure problem that other cities don't have because you have the people that are willing to work in San Francisco you have everyone that just came into San Francisco to work and then after COVID everyone just didn't want to come back to San Francisco just to deal with that they would probably just do it closer to home or something um that's a brief history of San Francisco Oakland and in that clip as I said Oakland never really described nicely um I remember when the Warriors it's not like a weird flex when the Warriors won their first championship they had a parade around Lake Merritt as Al Michael said in that clip and it was a really beautiful parade got all the fans Oakland felt like it was just number one um and it was just a beautiful day. You got a parade around Oakland and, and and around the Lake Merritt. And Oakland is comprised of a lot of different little neighborhoods. Lake Merritt is probably its crown jewel. Um, but there's also probably a little bit of crime there as well. But Lake Merritt is probably the crown jewel of Oakland, along with the downtown. I can't keep can't keep help thinking about Roman Mars on the 99% Invisible podcast always ends his podcast with this podcast was recorded in beautiful uptown Oakland, California. And every time I hear him finish a podcast like that, it gives me a little bit of like warmness in my heart just to think at least and he's obviously recording it from Oakland. It's just nice to hear it being said nicely. But yeah, um, Oakland's comprised of very differing um, ranges of, I guess, wealth, just to put it bluntly. Um, You have the Oakland Hills, which is probably a little bit higher class. Then you have the downtown area, which is like any kind of metropolis downtown area. But then you have like International Boulevard and you have all the places that are kind of lower income and not really lower income, but it just feels like in any part, part any city, it's probably just like anything else. But there might be just a little bit elevated crime. And then you have the Oakland Coliseum, which is on the border near the airport where nothing else really is in that area besides the ballpark. There are various businesses and stuff but usually when you have a ballpark 
you nestle it down in the downtown area so people can come from like the downtown area and just go to the game or something. Not the case with the Oakland Coliseum. It is about five to eight miles away from downtown. To get there, you have to take the rapid transit and and people or people drive. And when you're done with the game, there are also businesses around. But usually everyone's in a, in a rush just to get the hell out of the area. And it's not really great. And now, as the A's are now leaving, it's going to cause even more problems with that whole neighborhood and not having any kind of rollover business from the ballpark. In this episode, I like to kind of hit on three different things that I really want people to know about the whole situation with the A's. Um, and I'm trying not to really speak in terms of a sports fandom homer that I am for it. But the reason why it's such a complicated issue, and now they have finally just decided to like just leave, um, I just kind of like to place a little bit of blame on a lot of different people that were involved to make this happen. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing is the territorial rights that Oakland and San Francisco also had. Back to the whole love-hate relationship that Oakland and San Francisco have with each other. Um, it's really not really spoken. And the last point I want to take and kind of drive home is the current owner of the Oakland A's, John Fisher, and how he really, really closely resembles another entitled Nepo baby of rich parents that doesn't know how to run a sports franchise. So those are my really three things I want to kind of express. And I've always wanted to talk about this and no one seems to want to hear about it because it's such a long story. And when this happened with the A's and moving to Las Vegas, and who knows if it actually happens, I've, I've heard since the announcement, there's a lot of things that they didn't think about securing before moving. And it could all fall through. Or maybe MLB, Major League Baseball, just wants them to move anyway. <clears throat> but it is a enormous endeavor that they took without not really thinking it through. And again, Nepo baby John Fisher doesn't really know what the hell he's doing. So the history of the Oakland A's Stadium is a long story. It involves the Giants and how they suffered to try to build a stadium as well. And this subject might be too boring for some, but it helps understand why it's such a huge issue today. So I'll try to make it quick, and this is clearly explained in an article by writer Siderbeck on SB Nation. San Francisco Giants were in the Bay Area first in 1958. They played at Seal Stadium for two years when they arrived. They built a stadium for the 1960 season. They later found out it was a huge wind tunnel known as Candlestick Park. It was one of the worst stadiums in the country. It was cold, it was windy, it was foggy, it was not a great place to watch baseball. In the 60s, there was some guy named Charlie Finney, Finley who bought the A's. They were in Kansas City at the time and eventually moved to Oakland in 1967. 
A's promptly started winning a lot in the early 70s. They won like three straight from 1972 to 74. And people and people left the Giants to cheer on the A's because they were the better stadium by comparison, which, which meant better weather and less wind. There was also a time, also during this time, there was major expansion in Major League Baseball. Montreal got a franchise, and therefore Toronto, another Canadian city, won a franchise as well. The Giants owner at the time, Horace Stoneham, wanted to sell, and he was able to secure a deal for the Giants to move them to Toronto. Toronto, yeah. Until the mayor of San Francisco blocked it in court and forced the sale to someone who would keep it in the bay. A local guy by the name of Bob Lurie. Toronto ended up getting an expansion franchise the next year, 1977. During the 80s, the A's were successful on the field with Billy Barton, but the owner wanted out because he was in a divorce battle with his ex-wife. And this is also a time when the Raiders were moving from Oakland to LA and Oakland didn't want to lose two franchises. If they only knew. So Seattle was forced to a local buyer by the name of Walter Haas. The A's really flourished under Walter Haas. They won a World Series. They were the first franchise to get 2 million fans to come to the games in one season. People were going to the A's games with no problem because they were a good product on the field and they were competitive. The Giants at this point really hated their ballpark at Candlestick. They, there were ideas of maybe doming the stadium. They tried to approach a ballpark in downtown that would, have, that would use zero public money. But voters at the time really thought of shady back, backdoor deals were being done and maybe public money was still going to be used and it just wasn't audited and kind of cataloged correctly. And they didn't trust Giants ownership at the time and they voted the measure down. Giants had an idea of moving to China Basin is where the Giants actually have their home now. But they were prevented from the happening because when the 1989 earthquake happened in San Francisco in the Bay Area, there was a lot of rebuilding and building a ballpark at the time just wasn't in the cards. There's a lot of other, other issues needed to be addressed and building a ballpark wasn't going to be like an issue, the main like thing to people worry about. And also the Giants lost the World Series at that time and they just lost a lot of goodwill towards building a stadium for them. Um, the Giants began to explore San Jose to build a new stadium. They needed referendums passed to secure rights and show San Francisco that they would really move down there. This is when A's owner Walter Haas split up the territory rights so the Giants could better secure a deal. And thus they gave them the territorial rights free of charge to kind of use as leverage. Um, the Giants weren't really successful in building in San Jose. They had like referendums in, 80, in 1990, 1992, they had two San Francisco measures that didn't pass. And it just didn't seem like a, me a baseball measure could get passed with this owner, Bob Lurie. And he got really frustrated and he really wanted to leave the area and just get out of San Francisco altogether. Um, and then he eventually just wanted to sell the team. And he actually secured a deal to sell to Tampa, a Tampa Bay investment company. So the Giants were ready to leave San Francisco but the National League owners voted against it and rejected it. And so soon Bob Lurie just didn't want to be any, have any part of this anymore because it was impossible for him to build any kind of stadium. But soon a local member ownership group was formed featuring this guy named Peter McGowan who owned the Safeway supermarkets. They created a ballpark plan in the San Francisco China, Base, China Basin Mission Bay and it's 
it's with a meticulous planning and cataloging all the money and where it went. It was going to be completely privately funded. There was no use of public funds. And they did all their homework and made sure everything was meticulous and then eventually got passed by a two-thirds majority of the city council. And the ballpark opened in the year 2000. And the Giants had their stadium. This a new stadium eventually made the Giants the hottest stick in town. They were selling out each game. They started to have a really great team with Barry Bonds. The A's in turn began tarping off their upper deck because they didn't have the same attendance anymore. They started to lose all the attendance that they had because their product was kind of growing, growing more. It was hard to be competitive with a small market team like that. And the Giants had this nice, fancy new stadium and just got all the people in the area to go to their ballpark. And then eventually the Ace lost all their biggest stars to free agency and they couldn't pay for them. And fans like myself were just displeased with everything. In the year 2005, the A's were sold to a new group that had a person named Lou Wolf as a majority owner and John Fisher as a minority owner. Wolf wanted to build a stadium just north of Oakland that had housing and shopping, but didn't seem to fit with the whole logical and appropriateness for the area. Um, especially as Oakland, it needs needs more housing, more affordable housing and stuff, and building like a fancy condominiums and stuff. It it just really wasn't part of the whole vibe. He then tried to get a stadium deal in Fremont, which is a city just s- south of Oakland, about 15 miles south, 20 miles south. But the city of Fremont didn't really like that idea of having people coming out of town and disrupting their Fremont day-to-day life, and then all the possible crime that could be brought to a baseball stadium and noise and they voted that down too and then they tried to go to San Jose which was the logical idea but they sold the rights to the Giants already the Giants own that territory in San Jose and the owner of the A's actually tried to put it to a vote put it to Major League Baseball to decide who gets to own that territory and Bud Selig, the commissioner at the time, created a blue ribbon committee to try to figure that out. And the panel never reported their, their findings. And it was pretty much a foregone conclusion the A's were going to get that territory. They would like to keep the territory because the Giants owned that. And then the A's started looking at Sacramento and eventually just started looking back at Oakland for a stadium. This territory rights thing is an incredibly complicated thing. And I was mistaken by the history of it. I thought the Giants really prevented, and they, in a sense, they have prevented the A's from being able to move to San Jose. But they also cultivated a fan base by having their new ballpark be connected to mass transit trains, and people in the peninsula, San Jose, South Bay area, were able to just go to their games more and more easily. And they cultivated and curated their, their fan base in the San Jose, South Bay area to be Giants fans and the A's trying to get that back is a little bit like sour grapes at this point because it wasn't theirs and eventually they didn't do any of the work and it wasn't their territory anymore so essentially the bottom line is when Walter Haas gave Bob Lurie to former owners of those clubs territory rights to San Jose it was trying to help the Giants get a stadium when both measures and all the measures failed to get the Giants a ballpark, the Giants probably should have returned the rights back to Oakland 
because they didn't really need that because they weren't going to actually build in San Jose anymore. Um, and it was a gift from Haas to Lurie. But then the Giants were eventually sold to that new ownership group that built the ballpark. The A's eventually were bought out and they have a new ownership. And so the people that own both baseball, both baseball clubs no longer were really affiliated with that gift from the Oakland owner at the time, the Giants owner. And just poor planning, probably should have tried to get it. So it still makes me really, really bitter that the A's could have built in San Jose. Um, but the owner, and the owner was just, just too gracious to give up those rights because at the time, I think the A's, everyone in the Bay Area liked each other. Um, well, in terms of the baseball teams. And since then, the A's are the poorer team now. The Giants are the richer team. They're able to privately fund a ballpark on their own. And the A's have to keep looking for public money along with and very little private money to build their stadium. And the whole A's owner right now, John Fisher, is very frugal in his spending and he will not overspend anything and he's trying to be very conservative in his spending and if he can get free money from out of the city to build a ballpark he will and that's why he's doing Las Vegas um I feel like that's all hopefully that, that was like too not too long it's about 10 minutes of like explanation on that um I just blame the A's ownership for giving it up at the time um I could also blame other people on why the A's were moving to Vegas, but more on that later. So according to reports, the Oakland A's have a $1.5 billion project for Las Vegas. It's privately financed for $1 billion, which is surprising by the Fisher family. And the remaining $500 million has to come from public funds by the state of Nevada, possibly the city of Las Vegas as well. And right now, Nevada is really wants ownership to be invested in the community, and it's not just going to give out a handout of this $500 million. It, it just seems like he's going to try this again with another... It's doing the monorail thing in The Simpsons, going from one city to another just to see who would bite. John Fisher doesn't like spending his own money. When he um he runs his runs his team like a minor league team, and he seeks handouts everywhere he goes. He owns a soccer team, the San Jose Earthquakes. His first stadium was San Jose State Stadium, Spartan Stadium. Then it was Buckshaw Stadium in Santa Clara. And then when he was trying to seek a new soccer field, soccer stadium for his San Jose Earthquakes, he claimed that he didn't have enough money. He didn't, having a stadium will help him spend more money to improve the product. So they gave him, let him build PayPal Park, and this penny pinching continued because he has an average salary for all his soccer, MLS soccer players at about $288,000 for a grand total of like about $8 million in, in total salary. The lowest franchise in Nashville has 168,000 average salary per person while with a $5 million overall salary budget that is nowhere near like 
being an actual spender and try to improve your product, improve your, your soccer team. It's ridiculous to think that if he gets a stadium in Las Vegas, he's going to spend money on it because he hasn't shown that he's going to do that. Perhaps he's going to wait until he actually has a really good stadium, a good team to start spending. But he's already shown that he hasn't done that at all in the past. Um, there's another thing about how the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, has said that the A's never had an outstanding attendance. Um, I retort that with a clip from Charlie Finley, the former A's owner, during the 1989 World Series talking with Al Michaels. explain the fact that the Oakland team when you were here wins three consecutive world championships and yet has trouble drawing a million people well uh, one year uh, Al uh, we did draw a million uh, but uh, we were new to the Bay Area uh, we must remember that the San Francisco Giants were out there uh, nine or ten years before we got there and the uh, Bay Area was more or less uh, a San Francisco uh, a baseball area uh, neither uh, uh, the Giants or the A's uh, uh, drew uh, a million uh, people there for a while. So Charlie Finley actually got it a little bit wrong there. From 1988 to 1993, the A's appeared in three World Series. Their average attendance was actually 2.5 million. After that 89 series, they got more and more draw. From 2001 to 2005, just after the Giants opened up their brand new stadium, the team had four, made four postseasons and averaged 2.2 million fans. The fans are there, Mr. Manfred. The same person that called the World Series trophy a piece of metal. I don't think he actually knows the facts at all. They expect the ownership in this move to Las Vegas Expect 400,000 out-of-town visitors to watch the A's. And sure, that might happen based like on the same model of the Los Angeles Chargers in their first few seasons in like various stadiums before they actually got to play in SoFi. That they're just expecting visitor, like visitor attendance, to kind of buoy all their their financials and all the, the tickets and ticket sales and stuff. Um, how like. The Chargers were in a, in, a, in a soccer stadium, but most of the fans were the opposing team. That is not really sustainable. For baseball, you have to do that for 81 games, as opposed to, in football, maybe 8 or 9. That is completely different, and, and that's, that's, that model doesn't sustain itself. You have to put a good product on the field, and maybe cultivating your own team for their fans. And I just feel like he's going to continue to put a minimal product out there to save money. Case in point, the 2002 salary for the A's was $39.7 million. In 2022, 20 years later, their salary is $32.5 million. They have not spent anything on the team at all since Fisher bought the team in 2005. It's just ridiculous to think that he's going to do anything different. All right, now let's talk about the Raiders. The Raiders also have a little bit of fault with this. When the Raiders moved back to Oakland from LA, they 
needed a actual football stadium. And to do that, they Oakland agreed to help build a build more luxury boxes and pretty much add on top on top of the architecture of Oakland Coliseum into something that would house more more fans to watch the games. That was a problematic because it created Mount Davis, which just blocked the entire nice view of the outfield, and also created a kind of enclosed prison feel to the stadium where you couldn't see out. You have all of, all these luxury boxes everywhere. And third, the Raiders nearly never sold out their games. Back in that day, there was a whole bunch of blackouts because you had to sell out a game to be able to see a game locally, and they never sold out. So I never got to see any of those games when I was living up there. And Mount Davis, again, it just became a huge eyesore. And I don't know how anyone could manage watching that team. And it didn't really help after they left that Oakland held the kept having to pay the bill for those additions to the Oakland Coliseum. And now the Raiders are in Vegas. And now the A's play in this cavernous prison yard type of building that just has no sense of character. It's just a bunch of metal everywhere. And add the fact that the Oakland Coliseum has sewage problems, rat problems, possum problems, and just a very lack of character. And when compared to certain ballparks, like, say, the Giants ballpark, it doesn't really compare at this point. So the A's have until January 2024 to get a deal done with whatever city for the stadium. And if they don't, they lose something very, very precious to John Fisher, which is revenue sharing. Um, Again, looking for handouts. If this Vegas deal blows up in their face or they get cold feet, it's going to absolutely not be good for John Fisher. Now... John Fisher really reminds me of somebody from the San Diego area about trying to find a stadium for a sports franchise. Dean Spanos is the owner of the Chargers franchise in the NFL. He was named president of operations in 1994 by his father, Alex Spanos. He fought tooth and nail with San Diego to build a stadium, a pearl of a stadium somewhere. He wanted a stadium downtown to take advantage of how Petco has done so well for the Padres. But there's no room downtown. And then possibly building a Mission Valley or thinking about another stadium. Or building the parking lot of Qualcomm Stadium. There were several ideas that Dean Spanos had and had to try to force on San Diego or the San Diego area. There was a 10th Avenue Marine Terminal, which was a plot of land near Petco. But that never got through because it was just the land use and the ownership and just the location was very, very difficult to get work. There was the waterfront convenatium, which was this plot of land behind the convention center. There was the East Village. And then there was also, the East Village doesn't work either because there's, there's not enough land to build a football stadium downtown when you have Petco ready. And then there was other ideas of moving to even 
areas around San Diego like Oceanside, National City, Chula Vista, Escondido. No space really made it feel like it was going to work out. And by the t- by 2017, Dean Spanos exercised his right to move the franchise to L.A. It was like a deal with the NFL that if, 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 if measure and me- constant ballot measure kept failing and failing and failing, he could have that as an out and just get a stadium. Dean Spanos really wanted a stadium of his own. And he instead, by doing this deal to move to L.A. along with the Rams, he was going to, the Chargers would eventually play in SoFi Stadium, but be tenants of the Rams' ownership because they would share. And then again, they share and just, it's not really their stadium. They won their own stadium and end up being someone else's tenant um, in their stadium. And as I said before, all the fans that go to these games, because they had no established fan fandom in L.A., it was going to take time to build any kind of fan fans and who would go to the games are opposing teams fans that buy tickets not really a sustainable thing I feel that this is where John Fisher is headed with a less of a plan no one's really talked about where the A's are going to play after this year because they, their lease is actually up at the end of this year and to move to Las Vegas, they need to find that $500 million to bridge that gap to be able to fund their $1.5 billion stadium project. The A's played, in, and also I don't know where the A's are going to play. They could play in Las Vegas at, at like maybe UNLV's field. They have the AAA affiliate there. There's a AAA affiliate there that also. But this the news of this impending move has been like 10 days old now. And I'm very appreciative of all the A's players and baseball insiders. I think this is a very bad idea. The city seemed to have been very, very genuine in trying to get this whole stadium deal to work. And just announcing that you're moving to Las Vegas in the middle of a finalized negotiation is very poor taste. Um, but yeah, this, this news is still pretty raw and... I've gotten to a point where I'm pretty sure I'm never going to root for this team ever again. And I started buying, like, jerseys of former great players of the A's. I got this, like, 1979 Ricky Henderson jersey. I'm about to get a Dave Stewart jersey. And I feel like I'm just attending the funeral of a loved one that is still alive, essentially. Because they're still alive. They haven't gone away. I'm I'm doing all the memories. I'm watching all the different clips and jogging my memory of, of days when the A's were popular to watch a baseball game. They had a stadium that was somewhat nice still and there's a lot of hope and like happiness with the team. Um, I've obviously chosen a new team. The team that plays in the city I live in San Diego and they haven't won anything either. And I feel like I'm front running because they have a lot of weapons, a lot of like players that are really good, but they haven't really won. Again, they haven't won anything. The team seems to have a lot of money, contrary to the team I just rooted for, and they've created a stadium with under private money and fund the city to the and, and the city's helped fund this whole project and created Petco Park. And the the A's and the Chargers are a little bit different in the sense that. 
Well, A's and Padres, I mean. The Padres have the pain of the Chargers just leaving town, so everyone's going to just grasp and keep the, keep the Padres there. They have no territorial rights to kind of contend with, so they can build wherever they want to, wherever it makes sense, and then eventually they revitalize. And, and the last thing is they revitalize their downtown area, which was really bad when it looked like the, in, the pre, in previous things I read and pictures. And it's so eerie how this is all very similar to what Oakland's going through. Oakland has a, se- a section of the city that could be revitalized by this ballpark and it could actually benefit the infrastructure, the development, and the prosperity of Oakland if this stadium was able to be built create a sense of a neighborhood just like how the Giants have in the Mission Bay area where they have AT&T Park. And it's what I really wanted the A's to have with this park and eventually it would grow enough goodwill and fans to be able to like maybe spend more money on the team to be able to be good or have a chance. Instead of this whole every eight years they re- they trade away all their good players because they've now gotten expensive and just try to start over again. I don't know how this is sustainable, but it just seems to be the cycle and we just went through it two years ago where they, the A's raise ticket prices after they trade everyone away and it just doesn't seem great. I think Las Vegas deserves a baseball franchise and I feel like they should get expansion franchise. I don't feel like anyone really wants the A's. And if this whole deal with Las Vegas falls through, it's going to look really bad on John Fisher. And I feel like it's going to cause him to be forced out as owner because he constantly doesn't know how to get a ballpark deal done. And he was probably closer with Oakland at this point. But who knows what will happen. As the days go on, there's more and more things that come out about John Fisher. And most recently, it's noted that John Fisher put the A's and Earthquakes, the soccer team, up as collateral and loans in 2020. Now, why do you do that? Is it because his family, who has a huge investment, is their fortune is made of gap from the gap? Um, their stock has dropped considerably in the past few years. From 2020, their stock probably pretty much nosedived at that point. Steadily increased, but back up in 2021, and then has steadily decreased from $35 a share to under $10 a share. So maybe this is kind of using those two franchises as some kind of financial stability in case something happens to the stock. Who knows? All I can do is just constantly look at old clips and remind myself when the A's were good and they had like a lot of hope. Um, I'm still very angry at how this all turned out. And I'm bitter by at all the different types of organizations and things that happen to prevent the A's to even have an idea of a new stadium or something. Um... It's just the luck of the draw. It's just how the Giants had everything fall into place so they can have a good stadium. And now when the A's are trying to find one, it just doesn't seem to be working. And 
maybe they they maybe i maybe i feel like sometimes i feel like i wouldn't feel as bad if maybe they moved to a better city than las vegas but they moved to portland i feel like maybe i would still root for them maybe they, if they moved to like i don't know if i would root for my team if they went to salt lake city which is another organiz- another city trying to have a baseball franchise i just don't I don't know. It just sometimes it just works out that way. And I really wish that there were different circumstances, different amounts of luck. And I just want to stop being so angry at how this is completely turned out. And I just want my team back. I really do. And I like I, I root for the I root for the guy that never is gonna probably win. But I just wish they had a fighter's chance. Social Dragonfly is created, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Lee. It is made with Adobe software. It is hosted by Anchor, a Spotify company. Special thanks to Aduro the band who gave me permission to use their music.